this is John Kennedy of uh, NJMEP, uh, part of the uh, uh, MEP National Network. Uh, we're 51 centers uh, across the country, all states and Puerto Rico. And our mission is simple, to work with manufacturers and to uh, help them grow, help them uh, be profitable and help them keep uh, the US strong in this regards. Uh, this show is called uh, Manufacturing Partnerships, and I added the tagline uh, making waves because a lot of times uh, you want to make waves and, and positive ones, and that's what we do. Um, today we have uh, a special guest, uh, and he said he was going to sing some opera tunes for us, but uh, I'm not sure if that'll come out, but Sam Gupta, Sam's uh, a principal consultant at, uh, and forgive me if I Correct me if I'm wrong with this. Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ. You got it. Elevate IQ. Okay, and, and that uh, ties in with ERP systems, which uh, for most of us that have worked in supply chain and value chain, and uh, you know we get it. But uh, but certainly I'm going to ask uh, Sam to do a little bit of uh, updates so that we can take it there, Sam. Thanks for coming on. Why don't you introduce yourself and your firm? Sure. Thank you so much for having me, John. And uh, I love the way you mentioned the opera. Uh, and when I when I hear the word opera, I'm actually thinking of the word crying, to be honest, because I'm not really into music. Okay. <laughs> and when I hear the word ERP, that is also similar to crying, to be honest. A lot of people uh, cry when they hear the word ERP. So we are in that space. We have to embrace it, we have to we have to really love that, right? Uh, so Elevate IQ, what it does is basically, you know, we get involved in a lot of ERP selection and pre-ERP engagements where our role is going to be to really streamline the processes so that nobody really cries once they have selected the ERP, uh, that's our goal, okay? And then we do end-to-end -end, uh, anything from the ERP or the digital transformation perspective. Uh, if any of the manufacturers are trying to go for slightly more digital journey, they are trying to automate their warehouse, they are trying to uh, implement MES system, we can help with all of that. A little bit uh, you know, background about myself, I have been in this space for roughly 20 years. I am recognized as one of the top 20 ERP thought leaders uh, in that space. So tons and tons of background overall from the manufacturing uh, industrial space. All right, well, thank you. That gives a good uh, background. Uh, uh, wanna start with a couple of questions, uh, more, more commentary than anything. Uh, you know, we hear a lot now about Industry 4.0 and, and so on and automation, et cetera. And while, uh, you know, just like anything, and I brought up music or any sport, you know, what happens is that if it happens this week, it becomes the, the best thing of all time. And, uh, you know, Industry 4.0 is something that in all honesty, in my honesty, uh, in my background, has been around since the 1940s. Yep. We've just built upon it. And so when you're working with companies, how do you engage them on Industry 4.0 and automation? 
Yeah, so when we are working with them, and again, I think Industry 4.0 is amazing and phenomenal, but there are certain preconditions that are required by any of the Industry 4.0 initiatives. For example, the systems that they, they might have, the manufacturers, they must have very integrated system. Otherwise, uh, you know, majority of the Industry 4.0 initiatives are not going to work because the precondition for any of the Industry 4.0 initiative is that, you know, all of your system should be talking to each other. They should have enough contact. Let's say if you want to do uh, any sort of, uh, you know, advanced scenarios such as robotics uh, or any advanced vision systems, or if you are trying to do any sort of predictive maintenance scenarios, or you are doing any sort of arti artificial intelligence. Now, you cannot build a house on a weak foundation, okay? When I look at weak foundation, for me, the weak foundation is going to be if your systems are not really integrated. And this is, uh, you know, from 1960s. If you look at the, the ERP system, the MEP, MES systems, they have not changed a lot, okay? Uh, overall, from the barrier perspective, if you look at the small to medium-sized manufacturing businesses, their systems are not is still not integrated. For example, your PLM is not really talking to your ERP. ERP is not really talking to your MES. But now, uh, now you are putting these sensors in your machines and you want to do all of those uh, crazy scenarios of getting the analytics from your machines uh, and want to make sure that you are able to perform uh, or get the efficiency from these machines. But you cannot do that unless you have very tight integration so that you have enough context overall in your environment for the Industry 4.0 initiatives to be able to work. Well, see, uh, you made a great point and it's music to this engineer's uh, uh, heart because uh, what, what you were saying is about the foundational basis to any of this stuff. And that, that's the key and critical aspects to it. And when you're dealing with uh, small and mid-sized companies, you know, we're not talking about Lockheed Martin that can go yeah, in and spend millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, you may or may not know, I bet you you do, uh, that like in New Jersey, yeah. we have about 11,000 manufacturers and the average size is 34 people. Yep. Now those 34 people might be uh, doing 25 to $30 million worth of work, yep. depending on their automation capability, their ERP capability, their industry 4.0 capability. But the average company cannot uh, evolve easily. And, you know, I'm gonna put you on the spot for a second and ask, hey, you talked about that foundation and I agree 100% and I, I know you believe in that. But how would you engage with a smaller company to make sure that, you know, you know, you don't buy the robotic robots before you, you know, have your, your the proper uh, foundation. So why don't you give me a little bit of an overview of how you would deal with the smaller company? Yeah, so one of the challenges that we typically face with the small to medium sized manufacturing businesses is, uh, 
their business processes or the business rules are not really going to be documented uh, and they are not going to be streamlined either. So typically how they go about selecting any of the systems or the technology uh, engagements as they are simply going to feel that, you know what, I am simply buying a product from Home Depot. I'm going to pick it. I'm going to put it in my, uh, my facility, turn the power button, and it's going to work magically. Now, that's not how your technology systems work, irrespective of whether you are talking about the, the system from 1960s or you are talking about system from 2050s, okay? So what any of these systems are going to require is going to be your written documentation. The commitment has to come from your executives, from the executive team to be able to document these processes, really visualize those, simplify those, standardize those, and then, find a technical system that is going to really help you accomplish those goals. If you are not doing this step, then what is going to happen is you are going to find an unfit system, okay? It's probably not going to give you the results that you were hoping to get from the system. Uh, the consulting fee, the consultants that you are going to hire, uh, you know, they might be charging a lot and then you are not going to get results and then you are going to blame that technology does not work. Technology does not work because you have not done the, the, the foundational work that is required for any of the technical engagements. So my recommendation to you, any of the small to medium sized manufacturers is going to be, hey, document the process, visualize the processes, okay, figure out how you can simplify it and, and, and standardize, then find the right system. Each system is designed for a specific purpose. Once you have that foundation built, then you can walk to the next step, which is going to be uh, your robotics, because they all are going to require some sort of MES system, some sort of uh, you know, WMS system, and they are not going to work unless you have the, the, the solid foundation to begin with. Yeah, that's good stuff because you're right. And, and that's what happens so many times to uh, large companies, but usually they can throw manpower and money at it, you know, but it happens a lot to smaller businesses. They buy something, they don't use it robustly enough, and then they're complaining that it doesn't work uh, and it really hasn't improved. So when I look at you know, when I deal with companies and when my team goes out and assesses firms that want to do ERP, we start with the full business assessment where you stand, what's there, how many components. We look at their lean process. We look yep. at their ISO process so that there has to be that foundation, that structure that you can build upon. You can have the best ERP system and it has no value if you don't, don't use it or don't use it properly. In fact, it can cause problems. So, you know, you know, you're right on with that, uh, Sam. I appreciate it. Um, here's another thing that that you know is a lot of people fear when they start talking about Industry 4.0 and, yeah. and robotics. Oh, you know, oh, geez, you know, it's going to take away jobs and so on and so forth. And and the fact is, I don't believe that because I've owned manufacturing and engineering companies. Uh, where the higher tech you got, it wasn't eliminating jobs, it was actually propelling growth and you were adding jobs. Uh, yeah. do, do you see similar in your travels? 
Yeah, so I think that's a very interesting argument, to be honest. And I go back to the the fundamentals of economics because I do have some of the finance background. Okay, and if you go to core economic theory, uh, you know the only thing that they suggest is if you want to grow as the country, as the economy, the only way to grow is going to be by automating as much as possible, by implementing technologies as much as possible. Now let's go back to your question about you know whether there is a fear of automation. Now let's look at the overall manufacturing ecosystem at this point of time, right? Uh, look at the, 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 the wages that we have for uh, the, the people that are actually working on the manufacturing floor, right? They are not really making as much as their cost of living is. Now, they are not making because they are not really as productive as they could be with the help of technology. So these guys are going to think that, you know what, you are going to automate everything in the shop floor and then I am going to lose my job. That's not how technology works. Technology is actually going to make your operations efficient. They are going to reduce the cost of your goods. You are going to be far more competitive in the market, the more people can afford your, your offerings so that you are going to get more work. And when you are going to get more work, number one, you are going to make more money as each employee because the company is making more money uh, and you're, uh, you are going to add far more value overall in the company because right now you are simply pushing a card from point A to point B. But then what you are going to be doing is you are going to add real value to the business. You are going to be solving real problems. So obviously the company has to pay. So honestly speaking, I just don't understand this argument. When people say that, you know, technology is actually eliminating jobs. That's not how technology works. They just don't understand how economy works, to be honest. Well, yeah, because it's, it's an evolution of your job as well. And you know what we have to invest in is increased training and education for them. Yep. I mean, uh, for, you know, I came in, my doctoral thesis was written about uh, the evolution of numeric and uh, computerized numeric control. And so that's why I went back to the forties looking at this stuff and talking about it. And I found through the years that the best machinists make the best CNC operators and programmers because they understand tooling, speeds yep. and feeds, and so on. And what you're doing is enhancing their their uh, their job and their performance. So it's it is always interesting. But you know, I mean, everything's uh, you know that's what happens. You know, everybody looks at uh, you know the difference. Uh, I do remember. Uh, in my little town of Madison, New Jersey, we have an early trades museum. Yeah. And uh, I read in this guy's diary and he was talking about how they were drilling through wood and there was a new tool that was gonna eliminate two jobs uh, because now they could use two people to drill through wood instead of four people. Yeah. And then later on in the diary he says, this is great. I'm getting trained up to use something else, you know? And it was like, wow, this was back a long time ago and people were still worried about technology. So uh, it's good stuff, uh, Sam. I appreciate that. And just to build on that, to be honest, uh, when I, I, I think I blame sales and marketing folks, to be honest, 
for the the whole job elimination argument because when they are selling the technology as opposed to saying how better their life is going to be they are saying that you can eliminate two people uh, that's not how again technology works technology helps overall in the development of the organization it helps with the development of everyone in the organization everybody is going to get those skills and they are going to feel far better overall because now they are doing far more value-added job so i i sort of blame the sales and marketing community uh, you know to pitch that you know what if i'm selling a piece of technology the only pitch i have is hey you can save a lot of money by eliminating these people that's not how you should be thinking you should be thinking that you know by introducing a technology in your corporation i am actually going to be reducing the cost of your product i am going to be increasing the revenue of your organization so you all are going to be making a lot more money yeah well put well put um you know, Sam, as we, you know, start to roll forward, I, I have something I do with every guest on this show. Uh, and, and the guys from Manufacturing Talk Radio who sponsor us here, uh, Lou and Tim are great guys, and they're manufacturers. Yeah. And I said, I've asked them these questions. So I want to do, I call them the fast five. Uh, but the uh, you know, it, it, I, it's been an interesting perspective to hear people's take on this. So I'm going to throw, it, I'm gonna throw them out to you and you answer them, whatever comes to, to mind quickly. Okay. All right. Is manufacturing in the USA dead? Uh, that's a mistake. Uh, manufacturing is only going to get better. Uh, it's going to be superior. We all need products. If somebody thinks that manufacturing is dead, they just don't know what they are talking about. Okay. Can the U.S. economy exist and thrive without manufacturing? No, nope. uh, zero possibility. Uh, the U.S. needs manufacturing. In fact, it needs more. Uh, we, we all need better superior products uh, and they have to be built in U.S. So yeah, I don't agree with that statement at all. All right, number three. So far, you and I are on the same page, so you got to keep it up now. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> but number three, why do you think it's so hard to convince educators, parents, governments, the overall incredible value of manufacturing? Uh, one of the things I, I would think is overall the stigma about the manufacturing. I think that's always been this way. Um, so as the community, I don't think we have done a good job uh, overall in painting the picture, how important manufacturing is for our survival. Uh, and the other thing overall, uh, if you look at the manufacturing wages right now, it's lower than the other industries. So obviously when you say that, you know, these are blue collar jobs and then you put a dollar, uh, you know, tag of uh, $20 an hour, then obviously everybody is going to assume that, that this is probably a blue collar job. So one of the things that overall from the industry perspective, I think we are far behind in the technology adoption overall in terms of making the organization better. Uh, if, we, if we, again, implement the technology uh, and implement the, the, the kind of you know, work culture that other industries have, then we are going to be far ahead than the other industries because we are actually feeding the other industries. I don't know how many people realize this, but manufacturing actually feeds everybody else. Very much so. Uh, 
the general uh, ratio has always been one manufacturing job drives at least four others, exactly. uh, which is in critical. And, and I like what you said about, you know, I mean, it, it is a perception that gets lost and we've done a, a poor job. We meaning the industry and yeah. engineering and so on have done a poor job in uh, speaking up about not only the value, but the incredible, uh, I mean, very few days do I go to work and I'm my board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, number four, uh, outside of staffing and workforce development, which we know is a problem to, uh, you know, every manufacturer, what's the number one issue in your mind for manufacturings in the U.S. to overcome? I would say mindset, uh, and I don't know if mindset was included in that question, but mindset is definitely a problem uh, overall in terms of uh, how they think of the business. Manufacturing is great. Manufacturing has always been sort of the creators. They want to create really uh, good widgets that are going to be used by someone, but they need to be slightly more business savvy. If they are business savvy, then uh, it's going to be better overall for their own employees, for the company, for the industry, for the economy. So I would say mindset and overall perspective in how businesses really work. And the last one, and this is, uh, you know, there's always a last one, right? Yep. Do you think we're gaining, we, meaning the U.S., do you think we're gaining ground fast enough? Because I'm always concerned that we're lagging behind, but I'm just one opinion. What do you think? Well, depending upon how you look at it, if you look at the, the complex manufacturing, if you look at the uh, manufacturing that is going to require a lot of IP, uh, US is still ahead in my mind. Okay, if you are going to talk about the commoditized manufacturing, uh, we might not be as ahead, uh, but at the end of the day, if you look at the advanced manufacturing is where the, the opportunities are going to be. And that's where your technology, your automation, all of these things can really help you stay ahead. So the more we get ahead, the more we innovate, the more we automate, then we are going to be really ahead of the world. Otherwise, we are probably going to be lagging behind. Yeah, yeah, you're about the same way. I'm not so worried about, you know, just knocking out uh, 5,000 widgets a day. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I am worried that we're, you know, if we don't focus and don't feed the industry with bright minds and capabilities, uh, we can easily drop back. So great points. Uh, we've been talking to Sam Gupta of Elevate IQ. Uh, he's an ERP expert uh, and I always like the term thought leader and, and I think that you qualify there as well. Uh, Sam, we're gonna finish up, but uh, do you have anything else to, to add as the guest on the show? Uh, I just uh, like to say this, if you are in the manufacturing industry, there is not going to be a better time uh, to be associated with the manufacturing industry, just because the kind of innovation that is happening uh, in the industry, it's just phenomenal. It's only going to be a better time. Uh, so my pitch to everybody in the manufacturing ecosystem is going to be push your leadership, push uh, your, your companies that, you know, try to stay ahead of the curve, and then we are going to be better as a society. 
Thanks, Sam. I appreciate it. Uh, Sam Gupta, uh, you've been listening to uh, Manufacturing Partnerships, Making Waves. Uh, we're brought to you by Manufacturing Talk Radio. Uh, they're the guys in the yellow jackets, but uh, they also manufacture. They, they do a forge business. And if you get a chance, check them out because they have two, two shows that I'm really excited about is they have a women in business and women in manufacturing shows that are excellent because that's 50% of our brain power and we can't ignore that. Yep. And then they have another one that's called Manufacturing Matters, which I certainly agree with. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, good to be with everybody. I hope you enjoy the show. And uh, if you have any questions, reach out to the Manufacturing Talk Radio guys. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.